All right, everyone. Hello, and welcome to the season finale of the Staying Conscious podcast. And today is quite a special episode because, first of all, it's the first episode I do, which is also available in video format. So if you're listening to this on Spotify really? or iTunes, yeah, man, <laughs> just uh, make sure that you check out my YouTube channel and you can watch my live interview here with a very special guest. His name is Frank Yang. He is a YouTuber video maker, artist, bodybuilder. You have so many labels, man. I don't really know which one I should be aiming at. <laughs> Can you help me out? <laughs> oh, don't forget the bodybuilder one. Right, right. And that's, that's why I started watching your videos. It was like back in 2014, back when you met uh, Scooby, you know, in San Francisco. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's when I started watching your videos. And I was like, wow, this guy is like insane, but he's ex insanely motivating as well. <laughs> Like I saw your videos, like how to create motivation to go to the gym. And you were like, well, you don't fucking need motivation to go to the gym. You just fucking go to the gym. That's it. And I was like, holy shit, that's actually true. <laughs> so yeah, your videos have been very inspiring for me. And uh, thank you. But now something has happened in your life lately. Uh, would you mind explaining about it in just the broadest terms? Well, uh, I've been on the, uh, I guess the, uh, the path, I call it the path of uh, awakening for, uh, I think seven years now, I think officially five years, but I started meditating when, uh, when I met Elliot Hulse. Oh, that was okay. back in 2013. That's when I started meditating. And then at first I didn't really consider myself as a seeker, mm -hmm. but once you start to meditate, you started to read about, give me a second. Let me come to, yeah. Sorry, there. Like, I'm not. Uh, I just told like my, my family to like be a tiny, tiny bit quieter. Okay. <laughs> okay, so back to where I started uh, on the journey. Okay, 2013 was when I started to meditate, and then once I started to meditate, I started to read about meditation and about spirituality, and then eventually, once you started to read about those things, you're gonna come to this thing called awakening or enlightenment. And mm -hmm. I was just like. Back then, I was like really into like the whole mind fucking thing. I was all about like the mind, okay? Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I was always seeking the most mind fucking, most mind blowing experience possible, right? So that's how I stumbled across meditation too. I was like, the next step, I was reading all this philosophy about psychology, about neuroscience, trying to figure out what the mind is, the nature of consciousness, mm -hmm. the nature of experience. And at the same time, I wanted to have the most mind blowing experience ever. So that what got me started to meditate i was like okay I, i'm at this point where i feel like everything else is going to be a direct experience i can't just read about the mind anymore i have to experience consciousness as itself mm -hmm. so i started meditating and that that sort of just took off it's yeah. that what well, the first point the first kind of like you know trajectory that perpetuated me to officially to the path was my first vipassana retreat so oh, yeah. I went to a Vipassana retreat in 2015, 10-day retreat, and mm -hmm. then I had the most mind-blowing experience of my life at that retreat. Uh, right. Before that, uh, two years ago, I smoked uh, DMT. I smoked NNDMT. Yeah. And then I was like, that experience was almost as intense, if not more intense in a different way, because I attained it naturally. Mm -hmm. uh, that first 10-day retreat, I was like, holy shit. That was fucking mind-blowing. And then ever since that point, I was officially perpetuated to be a seeker of enlightenment. <laughs> Even wow. though during this whole time, I wasn't seeking 
so hard that I gave up everything. I lived a normal life. I went to the club and I pick up girls. You know, you know, I drank. I make videos. I still worked out. I did everything that I was doing before. But yeah, yeah. It, it was under the context of okay, now this is now my life has been uh, perpetuated into this other dimension where. I sort of had this goal, but I don't know what the goal is really. I know this goal is called like awakening or enlightenment, but before you attain it, you have no idea what it is. But just in the back of my mind, that idea was that seed of idea was planted in my subconscious and then it started to grow and started to grow. And I just kind of follow the yeah. way that it was calling me to do this and that, to open the next door, open the next door, have a, the next realization, have the next awakening. And then eventually uh, I went to a second retreat, second Vipassana retreat. In 2019, it was just a year and a half ago. Yeah. Our second retreat was again the most mind blowing experience of my life. Oh, until that point. Mind blowing. <laughs> Everything, yeah. So that that retreat was what uh, pushed me to the initial stages of awakening. Uh, in Buddhist terms, they call it stream entry. Mm -hmm. I guess in uh, in Zen they would call it uh, a kensho. Okay. Kensho experience. It's like an initial glimpse into enlightenment, and then. Ever since that point, this whole year was being fucking insane. Like, so before the progress was like this, mm -hmm. even the first retreat was like, like this. And then the second retreat after I reached stream entry was like, before it was like, like a hockey stick. And then at that second mm -hmm. retreat, I reached that point in the hockey stick, which yeah, yeah, right, right. yeah. And then uh, on May 25th, 2020, which is uh, four months ago, I think, mm -hmm. uh, I had a full, full awakening. And I, I, would, I wouldn't call that an experience per se. It was an experience, but the realization is still here. Like whatever I attain at that moment is still right here. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. I, I, that's why I would say it's, the enlightenment is permanent. It's, once it's locked in, it's locked in. It's kind of yeah. like the sun. Once you, see the, once you come out of the cave and see the sun, the sun is forever bright. It doesn't get any less or more bright. It's, the sun is just there and it's always been there. You just sort of refuse to see it. Yeah, so on May 25th, uh, I went through uh, what I call a final shift, a final awakening. Before that, it were like graduate shift. Mm -hmm. And then boom, it was like just, even at 99%, before that shift, when I was at 99%, I was like, I think I'm almost there. I think I'm almost done, but I wasn't sure. But after that 1%, even that 0.1% was shifted, it was, it was a different dimension. Even though that dimension is here right now and you're in that dimension now, yeah, yeah. but before you realize it, it's, it, it, from the relative level, it really feels very different, even just that 1%. Mm. And uh, when I say this, a lot of people were like, what is this thing really like binary? It's really on and off switch. In a way, there's a graduate shift, but in a way, from another perspective, it is kind of like a binary thing. Um, okay. And an analogy that I, I, I've been using is an orgasm. Like, you know, be, when, you, when you come, you come, right? But before the orgasm, you have like small physiological gradual shift that leads to the moment of orgasm. But you'll be insane if you'll be like, dude, I had, I had half orgasm. You know, you just come, you come, you come, right? <laughs> so, but that's not even the best analogy because it's, it's not a peak experience like an orgasm. Even though during the moment of like, enlightenment there are like it, it's coupled with like emotional high and like triple visuals uh that sort of went away went away but the the context is still here yeah all the, the, the experiences belongs to the content so like when i was really high holy shit that's gonna that's kind of settled down even though right now moment by moment i'm still pretty high like just on life in general but it's it's, it's like i'm perpetually coming without coming <laughs> is it like, are you really feeling that like every day that you're every in day. some sort of other 
I don't want to call it dimension, but you said dimension, but I don't know what the hell you're supposed to call it. Like, what do you, uh, what is the difference? Okay, the difference. Oh, well, well, you can call it presence. You can call it the present moment. You can call it, uh, you can just, you, I don't know how to call it. I, I, I like to call it infinity because infinity includes everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, I do feel infinity pretty much every, 24-7 every day, but, but just like the sky, the sky is here. If you see the sky, it's there. It doesn't move. The clouds might sort of block it. So sometimes it's in like a little bit like in the background. Sometimes it's like in the foreground when there's no like, uh, there's no, no clouds. It's like, boom, it's just like, you know, 100%. Even yeah. though it's always 100%, there are going to be degrees of it. And sometimes I'm like just doing my own thing. Like if I'm, you know, texting on the phone, when I have to like go back to my clinical human form and just like <laughs> in the relative world, and, you know, it's still in the background. It's still everywhere. In, in a sense, so it's the human it's, it's, form. <laughs> That's great. I mean, I bet many people. Me too. Uh, yeah, many people who might be watching this later. Uh, some of them they've never had like an enlightenment experience. I've had a few, but compared to how you're describing it, I feel like I kind of I've just started my path. It seems so. Um, uh, uh, when you mentioned about the that there's like a gradual thing going on. Because some people, they say that there are levels to it. And some people, they say that there are not levels to it. But you, who you've said you've made like the grand shift. How do you feel about that now? Do you feel like it's just one switch? Or is it more like a fine tuning? Like you're like gradually increasing the volume of consciousness or whatever continually? Um, again, I'm going to go back to the analogy of the orgasm. There are going to be graduate shift that leads up to the orgasm. Right, yeah. but then the orgasm is an on and off switch, right? Right, right. Pretty right. Much. From from one level it is, but if you want to like dissect it down to like the physiological or the uh, the micro level of it, or maybe like the orgasm when you're coming during that twenty seconds, maybe the particles that are arranging themselves within that twenty seconds of coming, uh, when you really dig down to the quantum micro level, maybe it's gradual, maybe it's gradual, but the way you experience it, it's almost like an emergent property. You know, like you go through a, a, a graduate ship, graduate ship, and then boom, right? But then if you want to go down to the microscopic level, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's like this. But then once you pass the third threshold, the way you experience it uh, experientially in first-person subjective level, not the objective, quote-unquote, biological or quote-unquote, physical level, it does feel like a not enough switch. It really does feel like it. Right. Another example, another example is uh, boiling water. You know how you boil water and then blah, 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 and then you just boil or like fire. You rub two sticks against each other. At first, it's like very slow, very slow, and then maybe there's smoke coming out, but then boom, there's fire. All right. There's fire and there's no fire, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's not even a very good analogy because if you think about it, fire, even though it's no fire, fire. The fire can still be like big fire or small fire, right? But this thing, it's almost like when it lights up, the whole field lights up. So it's not going to be just here. Uh, I'm not awake here, but I'm awake over there because it's the whole field, the whole, you want to call it quantum field. You want to call it like Brahman. You want to call it whatever, yeah. empty space, whatever. This whole field is absolutely connected. So if it's absolutely connected, when one corner of this lights up, the other corner of it lights up simultaneously. It's almost like a quantum field effect, a quantum entanglement, but throughout your whole field of experience. I see. Wow. So, so when... Let me, I don't think I've answered your question there. When people say it's, when people say there's no end to this, they're either, they're, I think they mean two things. Mm -hmm. First of all, they haven't attained it. 
Second of all, they're lumping a lot of different other aspects and other axes of spirituality. They're, all, they're dumping it, they're lumping it into that big basket of enlightenment. Yeah. You can do that, but the way that I, the way I look at it is like the, the way, the, there's the way, the two major axes of spiritual development is the awakening axis and the ethical or the compassionate or the morality axis. Mm. So the awakening axis, I'm only, right now, so far I've been describing the awakening axis. Yeah. The awakening axis, once it's fully awake, it's fully awake. There's no, there is an endpoint to the awakening axis of development. Mm -hmm. Just as I described it. Because you can't really get more awake than awake. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, it, it's really hard to describe. But on the awakening axis, there really is an endpoint. But on the compassionate, on the ethical axis, there's no endpoint. Okay. So what is that ethical level that you're talking about? Like, what does that mean? That means uh, emphasizes on compassion, for example. Like, how does this character respond to awakening? Because you could potentially be an uh, enlightened psychopath. You can give, you can, uh, for me, I think enlightenment and awakening, it's almost like a skill. Like, it's like playing the violin. You can be really good at playing the violin. You can master the violin and be a virtuoso while at the same time not be a good person. You can be a, a fucking asshole and be a really good violinist. That's possible. Yeah. Same thing with the uh, spirituality thing of awakening. You can be fully realized at the awakening axis, either through the right techniques or through the right conditionings or through karma or through talent, whatever one of the components that you want to um, put into it. You can attain the highest level of awakening without being a good person. So that's why a lot of traditions, they emphasize a lot on compassion because they know that this, is, this thing right here, it doesn't automatically make you, on the relative level, a better person. I, I, being a better person, become more loving and more compassionate, that's in a separate axis, even though they intertwine. For the for most part, for the most people, once you become awakened, once you, everything is one, everything is connected, you are just going to be more likely to be a better person, a more compassionate person. But uh, that's not a causation. That's not like direct right, causation. Right, 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 right. I see. Wow. I, I've never thought about that, really. Uh, and I've never really heard anyone else say it. Uh, not, maybe I haven't listened enough, but now I surely did. So I thought that those two were like going hand in hand. And I bet many people also like think that way that, oh, if you become enlightened, then just automatically you become like the best person in the world. But that's not, not how it is. That's not how it that's is. That's not how it works. But I would say, nine, I don't want to put a number on it, but let's say 90% of the time it is the case. All right. 90% of the time it is the case. That's not, again, that's not a given. Because you could just be like, not give a fuck about anything in the state. Like you, uh, you could give this to like a, like a psychopath and he could like kill people without any remorse because he, nothing matters. He's like, I'm in a fucking dream. Let's just kill some people. Right. So you could potentially, even though 90% of the time it makes a person better, it makes the character better in the dream with this realization. Sometimes it can make the person worse. Wow. That's why you see a lot of gurus, you know, a lot of gurus, they abuse their students, sexually abuse their students, or they, um, they sort of like they, they take your money and they uh, they take advantage of their students, right? That's what what's happening, you know. Like I do believe a lot of those gurus are like there, they're they're, they're on the awakened axis. They're they're there. They're very they're gifted 
consciousness mental athletes that got here, yeah. right? But then there, there's still some shadow work. Their, their character isn't purified enough. So they do like, quote unquote, like bad things, <laughs> even under the, you know, state of enlightenment. Right. But then there are going to be different schools that are going to interpret this differently. Some school will tell you if, if his like ethical access isn't 100% with the enlightenment, uh, with the awakened access, then he's not fully enlightened. And, but there are other schools that says differently. Like Zen, Zen don't give a shit. Zen never talks about compassion that much, right? They only talk about Kensho and Satori, right? They, they rarely mention compassion, but like in Theravada Buddhism, they mention compassion a lot. So different schools, you know, they sort of interpret this differently. Right. Yeah. right. So it's very interesting. Yeah. And I wonder about this um, off and on switch that you talked about. Is that like a random thing that happens or are you more in control of it? Like, do you get to kind of decide, like, all right, now I feel like I can go to the next level? Or is it something that just hand- randomly happens, like, oh, shit. Like, all right, so I, I just became enlightened. Or how would you describe uh, that experience? Um, okay, before the last shift, there were other, like, more minor shifts that are also kind of on and off switch. So there are little switches that leads up to a big switch. And in between those little switches and the big switch, there are tiny gradual even smaller ships, smaller, like, you know, graduate okay. ships. So it's, it's, it's like, boom, boom, right? So each quantum shift that perpetuates me to the next level or the next path, it happens automatically by itself. But I did the preparation before that. I couldn't tell you why it happened that day. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you why it happened the way it happened. But I can tell you all the practices that I did that led up to that point. And when you look back on it, it makes sense. But it wasn't like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to meditate three hours a day. I'm going to do this technique, that technique, and I'm going to do it for five months. And that moment after five months, I'm going to get here. That's not a guarantee. Right. It's almost like an, okay, Pradosa, he's a very famous meditation teacher. He said that uh, awakening is an accident, but practice makes you more accident prone to, to uh, the awakening. Right. So it, it is kind of like a, like a lightning that's out of nowhere, but I was kind of already expecting it. So it was, but for some people though, because I've been on the path for like seven years and the, I, the way I did it was like, like this, very systematic, very gradual, but then boom, right? And again, in between there are small booms, but overall it was very consistent. I, I had a, you know, I was meditating very consistently. I, I was progressing very gradually. But for some people, they get a glimpse of it right away without doing anything. Mm. That's how. Oh, that's also possible. It's the enlightenment thing is right here. It's is like it everybody possible? is made up of. Right. Is it possible for people to experience it without even knowing about it, like that? It just happens. So yes, randomly. of course. Yeah. 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 Definitely. For some people, it happens. Like Akatoli is another example. Right. When I he, think it happened to him. Why just, did it happen? He to was him? really. What was the. What was recent? Because it was a sort of, he kind of detached himself from himself. That's how he explained it. And uh, he went into like a yeah. vortex or something. And then suddenly he was awakened, but he didn't understand what the hell it was. So, I mean, it must right. have come as a sort of shock or something, realizing that you are not you. I mean, that doesn't Yeah, I think that happens a lot to us. It happens, I think like there was a statistic that says like, I don't know, 45 or 50% of the population had, had some kind of a mystical opening or some kind of awakening experience. And most people just let, kind of forget about it. They don't know what it is or they just kind of move on with their life. 
So, and you yourself told me you had a couple of those experiences. So, like, yeah. that's our natural state. So, it's not surprising that our natural state kind of peek out and say hello every once in a while due to, like, conditioning. And Fred Catoli, he's one of the few that just, he was really depressed, I think, right? So, yeah. and in my own experience, every time I went through one of the ships, before that, I always go through this phase called the dark night of the soul where I was extremely depressed. I don't even call it depression because depression for me is personal. Like this thing is like existential. It's like I was, it was like God getting depressed through me almost. It's like, you know, and then, yeah. And then, and then you go through that shift because like you saw, it's kind of like bodybuilding. You have to tear down the muscle to, right. you know, construct the muscle. You tear something, creative destruction. You have to tear something down. And then once you rebuild it, it's going to be on their next level. Very and true. it's the same thing. And what happened to Edgar Tolley was that he went through a really deep dark night of the soul. Uh, where he was considering suicide. But instead of dying, he became enlightened. Because yeah. enlightenment is almost like a death experience. It's I would say enlightenment is like... Yeah, right. Yeah. So, it's almost like a combination of like having, having sex with the whole universe and being dead at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's... So instead of dying, his, his self died. His, his uh, conceptual self died. He wanted to kill himself, but instead his conceptual self died and then he right. was left with his natural state. I see. I, I think that that what you described right there can be a trap for some people because there is this idea, or at least that's the idea I, I first had when I started to hear about enlightenment, that it was something that you get like for yourself. You know, it's like, it's my enlightenment and there's a benefit for me, but the more I researched about it, it seems to not be like that. It's more like a destruction of the self to get everything. But you have to leave yes, yourself totally. first. You have to leave your world, so to speak, to get the, the, bigger, the bigger world. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. The last, bag, the last inquiry that I did before the, the shift, even though I was doing a lot of uh, Vipassana meditation practices, I was also doing a little bit of like self-inquiry. The last question the last inquiry that was in my mind before the shift was who was trying to get enlightened? And the answer was nobody. Nobody is here to get enlightened. There's no one here to get enlightened. And that coupled with the, the Pashna body scanning that I was doing mm -hmm. uh, or the Zoltan practice, whatever more systematic practices that I was doing, coupled with that inquiry perpetuated me to this level. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's not you getting enlightened. It's like there's no one. That's all, there's enlightenment. Uh, there's no enlightened beings they're only enlightened activities mm -hmm. yeah so but at the same time there was never a person in there in the beginning like when i look at people now i don't see people i don't see selves i just see activities so like yeah what, you can have like a huge like when you see me and this and you're having a conversation it does it feel like you're having a conversation with uh, hold on. all right go I'm recording this too, so okay. Okay, all right. So when you when you see me or when you see anyone else during your everyday experience, do you feel like you are watching yourself and you're just having a conversation with yourself? Uh, not. I I can't get into that mode, but it's not really a conversation with the self as okay. as, as self as the Frank. It's more like just awareness or consciousness is being aware and being conscious of itself and everything is the activity of that everything is the manifestation of that source so it's the same source when i look at you when i look at this this bottle of diet coke 
they're made of the same source. They're vibrating out of the same source. And I'm this Mitsu here is also vibrating out of that source. So it's not really me talking to myself from the character's perspective. It's more like, oh, God talking to itself or like just awareness or universe yeah, yeah. experiencing itself. So it's kind of tricky there, yeah. So yeah, that's something that's always been kind of bothering me when I've been thinking about enlightenment. And I know that you shouldn't be conceptualizing it too much because then you're kind of going away from it. But what is it that becomes aware of the awareness? I mean, how can something be aware of itself in the way where there is no, like, I don't really know how to describe it, <laughs> but is it that you kind of take a step back from yourself and you see yourself as a character, as a sort of programming that's just going through life and the identity that you formed? Or is, is there something beyond that? Because some people, they say that you become like God, you become everything, you, you create everything in every single moment. And, and some of it just sounds like, well, some sounds like fairy tales, but some uh, more, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of scary to go into that topic because having a judgment against someone's experience can also be a bad thing because we can never really see what they're perceiving. But in your personal experience, how do you feel that you have shifted in the way of who you were before as a person and what you are now? If you, okay. I'm going to go into the more, I'm going to tackle it from a more conceptual mm -hmm. uh, angle instead of a more metaphysical, like, oh, is this God or this is human. In my experience, perceptually, before awakening, I was a person inside my head. I yeah. was a thought. I was this person inside the head. My awareness was inside the head. So yeah. I was experiencing the world through those eyes. I was looking out through the world through those eyes in here. But after awakening, the awareness has been unhooked from inside the mind into everywhere, nowhere. And from that perspective, it doesn't, now it doesn't feel like I'm looking out at the world through my eyes or I'm hearing sound through my ears or even I'm thinking through the mind. It feels like it's just... I like to call it a quote-unquote God sense store, perceiving itself through just one sense store. And that sense store is zero. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. so the, the shift was quite, was, was quite uh, profound in, the sense, in that sense. It's like before you were a person inside, now you're not a person. Now you're not even God. You're nothing. You're absolutely nothing. But that nothing is self-aware. That All nothing right. is self-aware. That is the only property of that nothing. Because that nothing, you can say it's like, oh, it's huge. It is huge. There's no space. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's beyond space and time. It is huge. There's no location to it. I can be like, you know, here and here, I can place the center of awareness anywhere. I could place it like in my head if I want. Because that's, that was all it was. It was before it was all in my head. Yeah. Before the, aware, the center of awareness for most people is inside the head. But once you unhook it, I realized it was never inside your head. Awareness was never, ever inside your head. Now you can place it anywhere you want. You can place it on your heart. If you want to do meta practice, you can play, place the center of awareness in your heart. Or you can place it on your, in your gut. Or you can place it here, here, there, anywhere. Anywhere, any, any place of this no place is the center of awareness, which means that awareness has no center. I yeah, see. consciousness has no center. So the shift is from the awareness being in the center of your experience, inside the head, behind the eyes, to anywhere and nowhere and everywhere. Instead of when you say everywhere, nowhere is in, in terms of perception, is that through like a feeling, uh, not a thought, but like 
it, it, like, what is it? It's, is it through your eyes? I mean, obviously you cannot see from other physical perspectives, but what is that thing that goes around? What, what is that awareness that's like floating that, where, that you can place anywhere you want? Like, how do you describe that? That, that awareness, if I could sum up, is just the, the fabric of experience. It's the, it's, it's, it's the fabric of experience itself. So yeah. uh, it's kind of, they're, they're, the way I experience the world is like, before, there's no observer inside. So the, uh, there's observation. Like there's no more observer in here, right? So when I look at like, when I look at the sky over there, it's, it's aware of itself right there. And that's like quote unquote where I am. If I look at you, it, you are aware of yourself from, from this perspective right here. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm looking at you and then there's an image of you in my mind. It's like, you're right there. And you're aware of yourself right there. Ah, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see. Yeah, so, you, yeah, I can't, I can't see friends or I can't see Sweden, right? right? But whatever I can perceive, whatever it could be perceived right now in this field is perceiving itself. And everything is aware of itself exactly where they are. So if I hear a car outside, it's not like me hearing hear a car. It's, there's no delay. It's just the car is there perceiving itself. And then this Mitsu is just, it's kind of like it's dead. <laughs> but then the, the awareness is also perceiving this Mitsu, but not from inside the Mitsu. But it can also be from inside the Mitsu because there's no distinction between inside and outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's really hard to put into words. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can imagine. So I, I remember the uh, awakening experience that I had. It was actually a few years ago. And it was after like mm-hmm. a really intense meditation session. And it just came so randomly, like when I was sitting in front of the computer, suddenly I was looking at my hands and there was no separation between my hands and the table. Suddenly that separation just vanished, like it was never even there. And suddenly I became everything in my room. I became everything around me. And to be honest, I got freaked out. It was an extremely scary experience. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just everything in my room. And of course I knew about awakening and stuff, but, but, and that experience lasted for like uh, a few minutes, very intensely. And I was thinking to myself afterwards, like, is this really what I want? Do I really want to pursue this? Because the experience I had was kind of scary because I was still thinking, you know, this is bad, this yeah. is normal, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, so is there like a, as well in that sense of awakening, is there a shift both in perception as well as in the mind where you let go of thoughts and where you separate yourself from thoughts? Because they seem to be two different awakenings in a sense, or is it just one thing? I I never really understood that. Um, so your question is, there's a, okay, so you had an awakening experience, but at the same time, your mind is still thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's totally normal, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that ultimately, there's only one awakening, there's one thing only, right? Yeah. Just consciousness w- wakes up itself. That's very, you know, sort of binary and just, you know, very, very simple, very homogenous, right? right? But then there are different sort of, see, the whole gives rise to the parts. There are two sides of the same coin. So right. even though... It could be like, oh, there's some relative level to this absolute level. The absolute and the relative level is actually the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So because there is wholeness, that's why there are fragments. The fragments and the wholeness gives rise to each other, right? So even though your mind is thinking, do I really want this? That's still part of it. 
Ah, okay. That's still part of it. that's still part of it from from that perspective. But if you want to talk about from like the the relative level, if you just want to you know forget about the non-dual level, let's go back to duality a little bit. Um, you're right. The character could stay exactly the same as before and still have an awakening experience. Yeah. That sort of goes back to what we talked about in the beginning about the awakening axis and you know the ethical axis. You right. could be a fully in you know you could attain full enlightenment. Yet your character won't change much, but for most people, doing the process of awakening, the body suit has to be, you know, purified enough to be able to receive it. But yeah. for some people, like maybe like you or uh, I don't know, some other people who just have a have a spontaneous glimpse, because I've never had a glimpse. For me, it's always I access it and I lock that lock, lock that level. I That's see. why my, my path is a little different. When people tell me, oh, I had a glimpse of enlightenment or awakening, but then I went back. That never happened to me because for me, it's always like, boom, I locked it. Boom, I locked it. I never went back. So every ship is like just locked in. Why were you able to lock it in? I don't know. I think maybe just practice. I really don't know. I really don't know. I have never had an experience uh, awakening and then went, and then going back to the to the previous like dimension. It never happened to me before. Yeah, but yeah, what you were saying is like it, it is possible to have a full enlightenment experience, and then your body mind, your character stays intact, and you're like, "Fuck this! I don't want this!" And it's just there. It's kind of like the sun. You yeah. come over to the cave, you see the sun. Fuck! Do I really want to see the sun all the time? I want to go back to the cave. You know. Yeah, but it kind of destroys all your beliefs at once. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that, really impressive. You had that experience. That's 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 really cool, man. Yeah, unfortunately, well, that means you, you, it didn't last. Maybe wife, I didn't wait for it. Maybe you, you, your wife, right? You 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 know, not not everyone is inclined or like is conditioned to right. to be white to, to to see this. Um, yeah, it does destroy all your beliefs. So in a way. It will change the character, in 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 a way it will, yeah. But it's not like, but at the same time, it might not. Some people might get an experience and they just lose it, and then they didn't lock it into a permanent realization was mm-hmm. an experience, and then they go back to you know the previous uh, identity, and then they sort of just forgot about it. And in that sense, you know, yeah, it does change the character, but at the same time, it doesn't. How yeah. how do you think it's changed you? As a as a person, since you got the full thing, I mean, yeah, I would say that there are some elements that just drastically changed, and there are some elements that still like stay the same. But then I would say that whatever elements that stay the same got enhanced, mm. but in a different way. Like I'm still very hyper. Like before the awakening, I was I was always manic and always hyper, mm. but I still am hyper. But now. My energy is a lot more controlled. It doesn't feel like I'm being manic from the inside. It doesn't feel like it's breaking, getting mad, getting manic. It just feels like it's just natural. It's just part of the current of the universe is flowing through me, and then I'm just manifesting my my character, my misu, this way in according to the divine will, so to speak. Yeah. And the tendency, the conditions of this character is in a way still there because if you want to like clean up all your conditionings, that that's gonna take way longer than. You know, having the full thing actually, I think. Mm. But again, throughout this process, gradually, I've changed. I think I've changed quite a, quite a, quite a bit. If you look at like the way I talk and the way I act and the stuff yeah. that I believe, in, stuff that I care about, like even just two years ago, five years ago, 
almost seem like a, even the way I look, it's almost seem like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. So, so in 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 a way, I think it was somebody commented on one of my posts, and he said, um, "Oh, thank you for staying exactly the same yet completely different all those years." <laughs> so I think that sums it up. <laughs> but it, I will tell you that I don't feel like Frank King at all right now at this point. Like it's it just when I think of Frank King, it just seems like it really does seems like another person that isn't here anymore. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, there are characteristics of Frank Kane that's still here. I can still play the violin and you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I experience the world right now, it doesn't feel like it's Frank Kane experiencing it. And that, that went away through my last shift. So I think that was one of the major shifts, the shift in identity. Even before that shift, I was still kind of Frank Kane. Slowly, the Frank Kane just kind of got dissolved. And I was still kind of Frank Kane. Now I'm looking for this enlightenment thing as Frank Kane. But afterwards, just it just feels like it just doesn't. I just don't know what I am. This the, the it's just life. I don't know universe like nothingness. <laughs> but when I interact with people, I interact with people. They if I interact with my old friends that don't really know anything about my awakening, I could act like Frank King, and they can kind of tell I'm a little different. But I, but you know, they, they they're still they can still interact with what I give them as Frank King, I can still play that role. Yeah. But deep down inside, doesn't, I don't feel like a person. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. You had that experience, so you, you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so. Wow. So in, in terms of, because you're still making YouTube videos <clears throat> and stuff, and you're still being highly creative, as you've always been, do you think that this uh, awakening thing can enhance your video making and your creativity and the way that you view aesthetics and and so on and art is that something that can be enhanced by enlightenment good question uh i think in some ways it enhanced it in some ways didn't really change much because like after this i don't really put that much emphasis on like creativity or like personal creativity anymore because honestly the the stuff that i was trying to attain through creativity, like violin, you know, through bodybuilding, through making videos, the stuff that I was trying to get through that is here right now, <laughs> and it's, uh, okay. it's, it's it's manifesting itself every moment. So, but I still do it because it's it's fun. It's like what am I? What, what else am I gonna do? I don't want to be one of those people that just stay in the cave and just like just do nothing, you know. And it's not really. And at the same time, it's not really. It, it, it doesn't really feel like that decision is being made by by me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? It just feels like when I do things, it's just spontaneous. It's just like, yeah, maybe there's some conditioning in this body, my, because I've been making videos for 15 years. And after enlightenment, the condition is still working. The program is still running. Just like I go to the gym three times, four times a week. I don't count macros, so I don't weigh myself anymore. I don't really care about my physique anymore, but I still do it. So there's, no, there's way less attachment, maybe like 99% less attachment to the outcome. But I'm still doing it because that program is still running in the background, right? And I just let it. Because that program, it, 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 it's not a bad thing. It's not like I was thinking of drugs and I'm still doing it, right? right. And then a lot of people get something out of it. And like one of, one of my only desires now is to like get people to like experience this, like they're themselves, like their true nature. So in terms of like creativity, uh, I, I think the way that I create now is way different. Before it was like coming through my own mind. It's like I'm, I'm thinking hard. I always think hard about how to, how, to, how to create the most mind-fucking image, how to create the most aesthetic image possible. This was coming from here, from the from the artist character, from the artist identification. And even though 
there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of joy in that, but there's a lot of like stress too. You know, there's a lot of it's like I have to make this thing look this way that way. But now it's just like I just do it. It's just like okay, I see this is aesthetic. I'm gonna film it, and then I want to express this, and then I express it. I want to edit now. I'm gonna edit now, right? Yeah. And also the, the the sort of the uh, the content or the um, the uh, the message that I'm trying to get across is a little different. Like it's it, the shift is actually quite gradual. It's interesting. Like I remember even before that, the first my first the first video that I make after realization was the one that I'm eating. Uh, it's called a uh, enlightened mukbang or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't know if you've seen it. Now looking back on it, it's so interesting that before that video, I was still talking about Frank Yang. I was like, before that video, I was still talking Frank Yang on the path. Frank Yang, his ex-girlfriend was doing this and that. That's why he has a dark night of the soul. And that's what led to like, this awakening. That's why he meditates. But after that, there's nothing about Frank Yang anymore. It's all about you know, giving people the direct methods and techniques yeah. to attain this if they want to. Or you know, sort of like just about the path, very specifically about the path and about enlightenment. Yeah. It's almost like it's, yeah, it's, it's so, so creativity wise, it's, I'll, I'll say to sum it up, it's a different kind of creativity. It's not better or worse because that duality doesn't make sense to me anymore. That's one of the things, man. It's like, if everything is beautiful, it's almost like, it's kind of, it, it's not, if you want to be like an artist, artist, I don't think this, I, I'm not sure if this would enhance it. Yeah, I'm not sure. But if you're meant to be an artist all the way throughout your whole life, even after you get enlightened, then you would enhance that. Like I was never really like straight up or like really strict of, on being like a video maker because I was like a lot of different things. Let's just say I was a pianist. I was a really famous pianist. And all I did my whole life was a piano player. That's all I do. And after enlightenment, I still continue to choose to play the piano because that's what flows through me. I will guarantee you he will be a better pianist. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it depends. It depends. So. Wow. <laughs> so, do you feel like you want to help people now, like attaining enlightenment and you want to help them on their path? Is that like a natural urge that you have that, all right, so now since I got enlightened, perhaps I can help others. Is that, is that something that you do or is that more like a, you just have the opportunity to do it because people ask you questions about it and so you can do it. Or do you feel that there's something that you would like to evolve in the future? Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like I'm doing this for myself or for other people. It doesn't feel like, oh, I want to help people get there. It's more like it's just spontaneous. It's just more like people ask me a question and answer. If I have a new insight or I found a new way to like attain this kind of state, I'm going to want to share it. So it's more like it's spontaneous, yeah. So it's not like me helping other people or even me doing it for myself because that duality is, is erased. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's and, and, and since like, again, my, my program has always been to express, right? Yeah. Even since I was like five years old or 10 years old, I just wanted to express what's beautiful. And now that I have this, of course, I'm going to express this automatically. It's almost like a little child just, if a little child loves to express, I mean, one day, like I say, a little child, five-year-old, he just loves to draw. You love to draw. And then he's 10 years old now and he's really into cars. He loves cars. Now he's going to draw cars. Mm. He's 15. He likes women now. He's going to draw women. <laughs> it's not, you know, same analogy. It's like, I'm always just trying to express, right? And now I'm just kind of, instead of using creativity in a, like a, 
uh, it's almost like right now the, the way I experience creativity, it's kind of like formless. It's not like confined into like a medium or an object anymore. Mm. It's just, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to like express this energy, this, this consciousness thing that you can experience too. So it's all, in a, in a sense, it almost feels like, like I'm just showing you how to create reality for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, some people, they might think that, all right, so if I go after enlightenment, does that mean that I will just stop caring about things? But it seems like you don't stop caring about things. You know that it doesn't perhaps, you're not attached to it, but you still care in the sense that you are a person and you continue to do what you love to do, if I got mm -hmm. you right. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, uh, um, it doesn't, okay, it doesn't feel like I have a passion anymore for mm -hmm. creating or doing things. But I still do them. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a desire as much. Mm-hmm. And also, you still have preference. Yeah. Like, someone asked me, why do you still work out if you got enlightened? I was like, would you rather be an enlightened fat con or an enlightened aesthetic con? You still have preference, even though none of it matters. And you yeah. still, you know, even though you're lucid dreaming, you still, your body mind is still in the dream world. You're still interacting with people in the dream world, right? And yeah. then their preferences in the dream world, of course, right? Or else I could totally wouldn't uh, dress a certain way. Right, exactly. You know, or else, like, you know, Sadhguru wouldn't, you know, look a certain way, play a certain role because mm -hmm. he still has preference over how he wants to express his body, mind, his character right. through this thing. Yeah. So each, each, each enlightened being still has um, preferences and likes and dislikes, but it's, it doesn't come from the same place. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't come from inside. It doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's I want this. I, I want to do that. It just feel like, it feels like if, if there is some kind of uh, a caring, it's more like I'm just more, it's, it's kind of like you're reading energy in a sense. It's like, okay, you're just being directed by this, 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 this kind of energy feels like it's right, right now, right here. And I'm going to see what's going on and play with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to explain. Yeah. I see. Wow. So when people say, oh, I'm going to stop caring about this and that, uh, honestly, you are going to stop caring about a lot of things after enlightenment. But the things that matters, the things that, you're meant to do anyway. I know that sounds kind of, uh, um, I don't know, mythical, but the things that this character is meant to express and manifest in this dream world, it will be expressed. And if it doesn't, that means it's not meant to be. That means, you know, it wouldn't even matter to you if it doesn't. Right. Right. So you don't, you don't really lose anything. I always say spirituality or enlightenment is like having your cake and eat it too. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to detach yourself from a lot of things, but at that point, you're not going to care anymore. And the stuff that still, you're still doing, you're going to do it right here in the present moment. And it's going to feel so much better when you do it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of happiness, because happiness is a to topic that I love to talk about. Do you feel more happy on a regular basis or how do you even define happiness nowadays? Uh, you know, Shizhen Yang, do you know Shizhen Yang, uh, the meditation yeah. teacher? Yeah. So... His way of getting people to do meditation is he wants people to be happy independent of conditioning. Mm -hmm. So 
at the end, his goal is still happiness, even though like you know that goal ultimately doesn't really matter. But to get people to uh, become enlightened, or for himself, or his motivation to get here was still happiness and well-being. Yeah. But it's independent of conditioning. Right. So to answer your question, I think I'm ninety-five percent happier now than before. And, uh, yeah, that's quite a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way happier. Yeah, I I haven't felt like I haven't felt angry or depressed for a long time. Yeah, but there, I mean, there's moments of frustration, but it wasn't it was nowhere like before. Yeah, before it was just that's all there is. But now, like anger or you know frustration, it's almost like tiny specks of sensations within this like balanced infinite field that just doesn't doesn't bother me that much. And then all sensations liberate themselves like like that. You know, because whatever is rising is passing away simultaneously. So whatever wow. anger arises, it just kind of vanish, vanish, vanish. Yeah. Wow. You're like a superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what I am. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's, I'm only speaking to you as a matter of direct experience so far right now. Like tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, tomorrow I, I might be mm. fucking depressed. I might be suicidal. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but so far, it's, it's, I'm way happier, yeah. More, more free. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Cool, man. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for watching and thank you for listening <laughs> to this wonderful episode of uh, the Staying Conscious podcast. Frank Yang, it's been uh, quite a pleasure to have you here. Uh, it's been, uh, there's been a lot to take in. <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been amazing. It's really great conversation and uh, your uh, insights and like your, the way that you describe things is just, is phenomenal. It, it's, it's spectacular. And I Thank think you. even the person who has no idea at all what enlightenment is, perhaps could kind of imagine something that's uh, similar. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks a lot for okay. wanting to join. And um, thanks, ev everyone listening, uh, go check out his YouTube channel, Frank Yang, and his Instagram being Frank Yang. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my podcast and remember to stay conscious. Bye. Nice.